Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and investment advisor with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm Gordon Leopard, a financial advisor with Richard Young Associates and FPU coordinator as well. Yeah, we're excited to have you listening today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also catch us streaming live on our website, moneymd.net, where you can click in the upper right-hand corner of our website and listen to us anywhere in the world. And uh, do check us on our website where you can link to us there and ask us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can listen to our link to our podcast, listen to all of our previous shows, um, you can listen to us live, but all of our shows are right there as well with the link on the podcast, uh, to the podcast. And you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. That's right. No no, no excuse for uh, missing the money, doctors. There. No, no excuse whatsoever. And, and like always, we have a fantastic show lined up for the day. Um, you know, Gordon, I think we have one of the more interesting shows that we've had in quite a while here. I mean, we're going to start off with the five secrets to a great retirement and, you know, this is a classic. We've done this a few times before, but this, this is just information that is just paramount. If you're headed to retirement, you know, within 10 years, 15 years, you've got to get these five items right. These are things that you have to have right if you're gonna, if you're going to live like no one else in retirement, as Dave Ramsey says. That's right, so you can live like no one else. Exactly. I, I agree with you, Steve. We, we've got a, a wide range of scope here uh, in this um and this show start almost from you know the beginning of your financial journey to like you said the retirement. So this this is a nice layout that we have. Then you know secondly we're going to talk about parenthood, financial survival tips in year one. You know children they're they're blessing and uh, but they can also be expensive. They can be very very expensive. <laughs> you know they can be expensive little blessings. But um, you know we're just going to give a couple tips that can really help um, parents and even grandparents through the first year. Yeah, I mean this is critical. If you're if you're getting ready to have children or you just had children, you you, you got to get these items right. I mean, this is just very very important. And you feel like you're 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 out in the ocean with no lifeboats what you feel like when you have kids. I mean, I know we had 3, we have 3 that have where they're grown now yeah. in college, but I can tell you, those first few years, you just feel like financially you're drowning. And, and there's no step-by-step manual. You know, there, there's some guides, there's some great books out there, but there is no step-by-step cookie-cutter approach to it. That's right. So we got the tips to alleviate some of that some of that stress. And then we're going to finish up here with some new information about the economy, and that is home sales. Home sales have been robust, and we got some great information, some new reports that are just out about home sales. And, you know, I, I think this may be the, the silver lining, the 
the the driver of our economy going forward here in the next few years? Well, hopefully so, you know, because, um, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about the foundation of a healthy financial future is obtaining home ownership. You know, and, and if we can continue to get um, stable homeowners and not just bad mortgages on the books, that will really help our economy. That's right. And I think we're going we're, we're headed there fast with um, some really great statistics out about home sales. And uh, so that leads us up here, though, to our financial fact of the week. All right. Financial fact of the week is 69 percent of U.S. adults shop online spending an average, now listen, an average of $114 per order. Now, that's a total of $264 billion per year, wow. averaging about 2500 per household. And can you guess what the most uh, bought category or popular category might be? Well, let me think about this. I don't want to sound huh. sexist, but I... I I think women probably do the majority of shopping online, if I had to guess. Although in my household, I actually do more than Kathy. <laughs> but in general, women. So if it's women shopping, it's probably shoes, I'd have to guess. But Well, shoes would probably fall into this category, clothing. 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 There you go. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there, there there's a lot of money being spent uh, on clothes and just uh, e-retail in general. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting because that's about $200 a month per household that's being spent on the Internet, on retail shopping. It'd be interesting to know what percent of that is the percent of the total retail shopping market. I'd have to guess maybe 20 or 30 percent. I'm just guessing, you know. Um, and I wonder what rate, what what point that becomes saturated where it's pretty much as big as it's going to get. You know, and that, that's a good point. I'm not sure if it's not even maybe a little more than that because if you listen and have and look around, I've seen uh, quite a few of your brick and mortar retailers that are they're having some challenges right now. Right, right. You know, yeah, so I mean, that well, might it, even be higher. Oh, it's definitely eating into their huge, eating into their profits. I mean, but I would bet that's probably you know. I don't know, 20 or 30% of the market that's moved to online. And, uh, you know, at some point, probably 50% maybe might be the saturation point to where, you know, people aren't going to buy any more than that because certain things you just have to get, you know, you can't go to Home Depot. You can't buy Home Depot online no, pretty much. That's right. A lot of those things, you know, they you got to pick it up with your pickup truck. And, and personally, I, I still like trying something on if possible. Exactly. Like shoes or whatever the case may be, but, you know. Exactly. Okay. Well, the interesting fact of the week. And that leads up to our first topic here, and that is the five secrets to a great retirement. Um, yeah, Gordon, I mean, this is really, really important stuff here. You know, you got to have these five things right if you're going to live like no one else in retirement, the way Dave Ramsey puts it. You know, he says those th- th- those are the retirees who'd lived like no one else when when they were coming up toward retirement so they could live like no one else in retirement. That's right. And, uh, you know, we see this all the time. We see dozens of retirees that walk through our doors every year um, for planning and for help. You know, and they all ask the same question. They ask, can I afford to retire? And for a small group, the answer really is pretty easy. And the numbers are not really close. You know, they're in great shape. It's an easy retirement plan for them. 
But for that other group, you know, it's a close call. And the assumptions that you use in that retirement plan, like inflation and rates of return, they make all the difference on paper. Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, that second group, they're the ones that are constantly watching the market every day. And they're they're worried about the uh, the highs and the lows because that plays a, a, a much larger effect on their retirement. You know, if the markets don't do well before uh, they plan to retire, they may have to delay retirement for a few years. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to be in that group. I mean, if inflation rises, gas goes up, markets wane, that second group of people who are kind of on the bubble with retirement, they might have to take a part-time job or they might have to alter their retirement plans in retirement. Um, So you don't want to be there. On the other hand, we see that first group of retirees who – don't have to worry. You know, they, they, they their plans work at 3% almost as well as they work at 8% return um, because they planned really well going up to retirement. And, of course, the difference between these two groups isn't luck. I mean, it is a matter of, of lifestyle and their attitude toward money. So the secret of the first group is not really a secret at all. I mean, it's just... It's just not obvious to those who don't possess their, their traits, if you will. Um, but we're going to share some of those with you right now this morning, and uh, it can make all the difference. So here we go. Secret number one to success is having no debt in retirement. And, I, and I'm, Steve, this is, I think, paramount and foundational. This is, this is something we run into with quite a few people. That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, this is obviously a huge factor to allowing retiree the freedom to enjoy life in retirement. You know, the successful retiree has a 15-year mortgage. They pay extra on it if necessary, but they have it completely paid off by retirement. Done. Finished. Done. Yeah. I mean, they'll also have a car, you know, fun, and they'll use it to pay cash for any cars they buy. And then once they buy a new car, they'll immediately start saving monthly for the next car, and they'll pay cash for that one. Their credit cards paid off monthly. Everything is paid for with cash. They have no debt in retirement. And that frees up a remarkable one to $2,000 a month, which allows you to retire on much less and allows you to save a lot more heading up to retirement. That's right. And that one or $2,000 a month really goes a long ways for some of these people. It makes you a know, huge difference. The, the prudent retiree also has a financial plan, and they know if they're on track or not. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a detailed plan written down always, but they know where they stand. It's not a surprise uh, when they find out that they're behind on some saving goals or, you know, if they need to rethink maybe their retirement date and adjust that a little bit. Because they're they're tracking this, you know, they're they're actually doing some planning, and uh, it's just it's a simple roadmap, you know, it's, it's showing them uh, where they're wanting to go and how to get there. If you have a plan, you can review it yearly and see if you're on track, and when needed, you know, call an audible, make some corrections, uh, some adjustments along the way. But you've got to have that plan in place in order to do so. Exactly, it doesn't have to be that complicated. But not having a plan, I mean, that's like. Well, it's like a flight plan for a pilot. I mean, can you imagine flying a plane over the ocean to Hawaii and you don't have a flight plan? I mean, and there's nothing you can see but water for miles and miles. I mean, you got to have a flight plan. you got to have a retirement plan if you're moving into retirement. Absolutely. It's just that simple. A simple retirement plan will tell you what your number is in retirement, how much you're going to need in retirement. And then the uh, the next one here on the list, which we'll just get started before the break, and that is retirees who live in style up their savings to 15% or more of their salary 
by age 50 and on into retirement, on all the way up to retirement. So they really got after it the last 10 to 15 years. They got after it. Yeah, exactly. They they, they saved at least 15% or more all the way from age 50 to retirement. So we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Harbert, a certified financial planner. And I'm here with Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates. And John is out on vacation somewhere, right, gallivanting around. He's, he's out today. He's out today. He's out today. So we're, we're flying duo here, <laughs> flying with two of us here, and uh, not a problem. And we are um, continuing our discussion here before the break about the five secrets to a great retirement um, Gordon, I mean, this is a classic. You know, we've done this before. It, we talked about these before. But these are just bedrock fundamentals for retirement, for planning for retirement, for going into retirement. you got to have these five things right or you could be in disaster. It's going to be shaky ground, that's for sure. I think these are very foundational, like you said. That's exactly right. You know, like Dave Ramsey puts it, I mean, the retirees who live like no one else – they're the ones who can live like no one else in retirement. That's right. Later on. Exactly. So And give like no one else. And give like no one else. There's so much you can do with your resources if you're free to do that in retirement. It's liberating. The first one here, the secret to success, is having no debt in retirement. It's just key. you got to get that mortgage paid off. Absolutely. Whatever it takes, you got to amortize it up to retirement so that it's totally paid off. No car payments. Done. No car payments. Nothing. No debt in retirement. And, you know, the second one we talked about here is to have a prudent financial plan in retirement and knowing if you're on track. you got to have a plan. If you have no plan, it's like, you know, taking a trip and not having a GPS and you're out in the middle of nowhere where you don't know where you're at. So you got to have some guidance, and that's what a plan gives you. Absolutely, and that's okay for a day trip. But we're yeah. not talking about a day trip here. No, we're not talking about a day trip. I mean, even a day trip can turn into a long trip if you don't have a GPS or any map or nothing, <laughs> right? So let's don't get lost in That's retirement. Right. That's right. And then the the next one here that we just started on is retirees who who lived up and lived in style in retirement. They increased their savings to fifteen percent or more by age fifty. And then rode that all the way into retirement. That's right. Really got after it the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. Okay, so maybe you're 50 years old, you know, and the kids are finally out of the house and college is over. Praise God. <laughs> I, I am almost there. That is the the college part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually peaked the 50 part you're just earlier. beyond that, right? That's right. Just beyond it. But, you know, college, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be over, I'm, I think, in the next year here for my kids. And that is going to be a huge... Uh, benefit, you know, and it's going to allow you to really put a lot more toward toward savings for college, I mean, for retirement. You know, hopefully you weren't lured into cashing out your retirement funds to pay for college. There's nothing wrong with the kids having to pay back a reasonable level of loans for college. But now is the time to get serious about retirement. You have maybe 10 or 12 years to make hay 
So take all that money that was going to kids, going to college, et cetera, slam it into your retirement plan, max it out. You know, $24,000 a year you could put in your 401k if you're over 50. Um, you know, fund a Roth IRA at $6,000, $6,500 a year on top of that if possible. You want to slam it. If you put if you put $24,000 a year into your retirement plan and it makes 8% for 10 years, that alone would amass you over a third of a million dollars just by itself by age 60 on top of what you already have. And if your company doesn't match, that could easily be a half million dollars. That's right. And 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 one other thing too, there, Steve, is if you do not qualify for a Roth IRA, uh, and you have the Roth option within your qualified plan at work, man, that gives you a lot of room there to really stash away some money. That's right. After tax money that'll be tax free in retirement. That's right. So that was number three. So that leads up to number four here. That's right. Number four, and like you've mentioned a couple times already, you know, Ramsey he tells us for those that want to live like no one else. Uh, so that they can live like no one else later, you also have to have an emergency fund. You've got to have that safety net, you know. And by this uh, time, this stage in your life, you should have about six months uh, of expenses put aside in something that's liquid and safe for emergencies. You know, if the car breaks down or if you have a large medical bill that comes up, uh, you have that money that's readily available and easy to get to. If you don't, then there's there's usually no other place to go but credit cards for most people and that's where they can really really find themselves uh, in a lot of trouble you know credit card debt it can wreck a retirement when you have no ability to earn money or increase your income uh, it can really lock you down so having an emergency fund that is a very key component uh, of going into retirement yeah that's exactly right anybody that doesn't have an emergency fund by the way they have credit card debt it's one or the other we see it all the time um, so you don't want to be in that latter category. That's right. So have a healthy emergency fund now and in retirement. So that's a good one. All right. The last one here on our list is the secret to a stupendous retirement is knowing where your money goes. And that's right. That means having a budget. Um, it's amazing how many people we sit down with for retirement planning who are stumped by that simple question that we always ask, do you know how much you spend each month? I mean, it, you would think we just asked them to cite the theory of relativity or that we were speaking Chinese. <laughs> the deer in headlights look. It is the deer in the headlights look. We get that blind stare, you know. And all right, I mean, I'll stop making fun here, but I mean, that's 90% of the people don't know the answer to that simple question. But you have to if you're going to be a winner in retirement and you're going to live like no one else. Um, if you don't know what it takes to live, then you can't possibly determine where you need to be in retirement i mean it's kind of like being on a boat 100 miles out in the ocean without a gps or a radio i mean you are hosed if you don't know how much you spend that's absolutely right i mean how can you possibly know where you're going and how to get there uh if you don't have that budget or cash flow plan in place you know it's also impossible to save a lot if you don't know where everything's going And, and it's more than just tracking you know you have some people they drive in the rearview mirror Exactly. Uh, but budgeting is, you know, looking ahead, knowing what you have coming in and knowing what you have going out. You know, uh, with those with those retirees that that don't uh, don't budget, it can it can be very, very uh, confusing sometimes. Um, so it's the ones who can't tell you how much goes into their checking account each month that they really have no clue. And unfortunately, that's a, that's a majority like you were talking about of people. 
Exactly. So you want to make sure you get this key nailed. I mean, just have a simple written budget, update it a few times a year. That's really all it takes to make sure you're you're covered there with right. your uh, with your budget. All right. So the takeaways here are: if you want to have a great retirement where you can travel, not worry about the market, these are the five essentials. The clients we've seen who lived it up in retirement have done all of these at some level. I mean, there, there is, you know, having no debt in retirement, including your house, having it all paid off. That's the first one. You know, then there's having a financial plan, and they know where the money goes with some kind of budget. And there's also having an emergency fund and slamming 15% or more of your income into a retirement plan by age 50 and all the way up until retirement. So it's just not that complicated. Just get started on these five Just do it, and you're going to have a terrific retirement. There you go. Okay, and that leads us up here to our question of the week. All right. Question of the week is, what is a safe withdrawal rate during retirement? Speaking of retirement, Hmm. how much money can you take out of your investments and And still make it last? Make it last. Exactly. Yeah, we get asked this question a lot. You know, if you stick with withdrawing 4 to 5% per year of your investments, then research shows it is very unlikely that you're going to get in trouble. Um, Most likely, it will last your entire life. If you exceed that 5%, then you could be at risk of running out of money over time. And we've seen that. I've been doing this a long time, 21 years now. I've never seen a client that stuck to 5% or less that ever ran out of money in retirement. But I have seen people that took five, but then they would take extra, you know, when the markets were up, you know, and they would buy a car or something or take a big trip, you know, and if you start cheating on it, you can get into trouble, particularly in a poor market. I was going to say, it it could come back and bite you later on. Exactly. So you got to make sure you stick to a plan. Four to five percent is a good number. I, I really like to see people start at four and then, you know, over time they can up that with inflation, keep it at 4%, and it can take a little bit extra occasionally. It gives you a little bit of wiggle room if you start at 4 but, you know, if you start at 5 you're kind of at the max. I've seen people take 6 and it gets them in trouble over time. So um, that that's the rule of thumb. That's what the College of Financial Planning says. Um, I think that's, that's a good number to stick with in retirement, 4 right. to 5%. Remember, remember that number, folks. There you go, 4 to 5%. Okay, and that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us um, at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages and GMM News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. I'm here with Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Rich Young Associates, along with us. And we are going to lead off our next segment here with a new topic, and that is parenthood. Parenthood. Uh, Financial strategy survival tips for the first year. I mean, I'd say survival tips for the entire duration because, <laughs> you know, you feel like you're surviving when you're a parent. That's right. Uh, I mean, don't you? I mean, financially and emotionally, a lot of times, 
it's just there's something coming to you all the time absolutely it can it can be a roller coaster and uh, like you mentioned you've already had the privilege of raising three uh, I'm kind of in midstream there, midstride, raising two. John, uh, he's he's raised two as well, in the process of. And uh, there there are a lot of things that come along with parenthood. And you know, one of the, one of the big things um, and stresses and pressures I know that I've felt as a father uh, has been the financial stress and pressure. Sure, and and I'm sure you can relate at some level with that. Uh, yeah, there's never a limit. There's no limit almost to how much money you need to raise kids. You know what I mean? There's all all the extracurricular activities that they want to do. There's there's all the things that maybe you feel like you should do. You know, you should let them. You know, do dance. You should let them do. You know, baseball, travel ball, whatever it is. You know, I mean, there's just. It just seems like there's no limit to the amount of resources you can expend, which makes it, I think, very stressful financially. That's right, and that and that first year is, is no different. You know, just getting started, you're you're delirious, you're deliriously tired. You know, I hear people all the time they talk about I haven't slept in months. You know, <laughs> I even had one guy at a, a wedding, um, the first time our oldest slept through the night. Uh, I, I was amazed. We were like, Oh my gosh, did what happened? And uh, I said, Our first one slept through the night, and he looked at me and he said, I hate you. And I was like, Why? He said, Because I haven't slept in eleven months (laughs) but um you know just getting started uh can be very very challenging you know the the first year of your baby's life will be full of demands on your time and on your finances and while we can't help uh help you with the shut eye maybe we're here to to help you with some of the the money matters so whether your bundle of joy is on the way or whether they've already uh joined you and they're already testing the limits of your sanity Check out some of these money tips as we as we go through for the first year. And then once you get those in place, take a nap. You d- you'll deserve it. So, Steve, kick us off here with uh, budget, borrow, and buy used. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the first one here is to focus on the basics. You know, forget things like the wipe warmers. I, hmm. I didn't even know those existed. The wipe warmers. I guess it's the pre-warm the wipes before you wipe your babies behind. I, I was going to say, put them between your hands. I was <laughs> That baby is not going to care. Yeah, I mean, you know, it says here you don't need a a baby food maker. Um, You know, just pick a bottle already. Babies really aren't that complicated, so don't blow your budget on non-essentials. Focus on their needs, not your wants. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to things like that, just focus on the on the basics. Another one is to borrow clothes. You know, babies grow faster than a well-watered chia pet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that means that they'll wear that little embroidered outfit maybe once, maybe twice, you know. Um, so don't be shy about borrowing clothes from friends or family members. And if you do score some hand-me-downs, you know, ask if you can keep them. Um, or if you need to, mark the tags, return them, you know, when you're done. But, yeah, by all means, buy secondhand clothes, borrow. Gee whiz, I mean, babies, they just grow out of stuff so quick, and they don't care what they wear, quite frankly. They they do. They grow so, so fast. And uh, this was one one place I really had to have a have a talk with my mom about because of first granddaughters and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. my they're, gosh. They're spending know. tons of money so, on these cute little outfits. I mean, we, we literally ran out of room in our closets oh, wow. for the clothes and had some that had 
tags and tickets. But, Mom, thank you for uh, for helping us through those times. All right, moving right along. <laughs> Shop for used toys. Again, that's kind of in the same vein with with clothes. You know, as your baby hits major developmental milestones, uh, like rolling over, crawling, and walking, you'll want to uh, have some age-appropriate toys for them to, to grow with. But before you race to Target or Walmart or wherever, check out your local thrift store or consignment sale first. Uh, where often you can find some really good, barely used baby walkers, push toys, uh, things like that, and then take the time you know to take them home, sanitize them, uh, clean them, make sure everything's uh, good to go. But you know, again, they're they're not the ones usually screaming for the name brand items. No, that's true. Not you know, this, not at most, this age. That's right. Most of the time, it's not the kids at this age that are screaming for the name brand items. Uh, it's it's usually the the parents. So, uh, and also consider buying other stuff uh, generically. You know, medicine formula. Big companies they strategically tout their products as gas free or gluten free or no sugar added to make us choose their products over the less expensive store brands. But they're usually the exact same thing. They're usually ran off the same line and just given a different label. Yeah, they're marketed a little better. Yeah, and placement. You know, placement exactly. on the shelves has a right. lot to do with it. So, all right, the next segment uh, se- section here is sell, save, and seize your space. Yeah, what you want to do here is declutter and earn some cash here. I mean, you know, you're going to accumulate a lot of stuff that first year and even the first five years, you know, of having having kids. And this is especially overwhelming, you know, if you have more than one child. Yeah. I mean, think of clunky kitchen sets, mini tractors, popping vacuums, mega dollhouses. <laughs> I mean, you know, all these toys are huge, too. They're not small, right? And oh, my gosh. You know, not, Tell me about it. Not to mention the car seats and all the other kind of stuff that come with that's right. kids, you know, the porta crib and all that stuff that's huge. So, you know, it can get out of control in a hurry. So routinely gather, clean these things up. Sell the older items that you no longer need, your children no longer play with. Whatever you can sell, donate, just get rid of it. I mean, declutter your your, your house and get some extra cash in the process. That's true. And like you said, if if you can't sell it, donate it. You may know someone that's in need and, and could really use that at the time. All right. Uh, the next one is invest in plastic totes now we're, we're not telling you to invest in a plastic company here all right we're not giving stock advice but we're saying you know go out and buy some totes as, as your little ones grow out of those precious onesies and uh, footy pajamas wash them and put them away uh, according to the size take the time to label them because that's important too that way you can identify what's actually in that box it makes it a lot easier later on uh, then when the next kid you know comes around You've got them ready, and uh, you don't have to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe again. So that's you know that that can be uh, cost savings there. Now rethink your rooms. You don't need a new house just because you had a new baby. All right, they're only about what eighteen to twenty five inches long. They're not taking up that awful much space just yet. Right. You know? So right. you don't have to run out and buy a new house. Uh, last time we checked, uh, like I said, they they don't take up that awful much space. Sure, you need some uh, some room for the crib, but. Even that, that doesn't take up that awful much space. So instead of going into debt for extra bedrooms and, you know, things like that, rethink the space that you already have. Maybe get a little creative with it. The guest room can go. Kids can, they can share a room. Uh, Playrooms aren't strictly necessary. You know, they can actually play outside, believe it or not. Uh, And make better use of, of what you do have. Exactly. 
Yeah, next one here is focus on your retirement first. I mean, I know everybody wants to jump into to saving for college, and that's a great, great thing to aspire to. I mean, there are t- but there are tons of creative ways to put your kids through college. There is no replacement for your 401k plan. So if you aren't currently putting 15% of your household income toward retirement, hit the brakes on the college fund for now. I mean, people seem to, to always find a way to fund college if they have decent grades. Um, there are no good alternatives for funding, financing retirement. Okay, so you need to focus on retirement first. And if you don't, that could also create a hardship on them later on. That's exactly right. So so don't let that get out of hand trying to save for for college. Um, but having said that, once you get retirement taken care of, that's a great thing to aspire to. Also, look at getting some term life insurance. Now that you're a parent, your kids are going to rely on your income. And that's why it's so important to have term life insurance Yes, even the stay-at-home parents. So figure out what your family would lose in terms of your yearly contribution. Multiply that by maybe 10 or 12. It's a small price to to pay for peace of mind. You know, of course, that's just a simple rule of thumb. So we can do, you know, a lot more detailed um, planning for life insurance. Someone like us can do that to give you a lot more precise number of how much life insurance you need, but you certainly need some life insurance once you become a parent. Very true, Steve. And and also kind of going along with that, make sure you have a will, you know. Uh, get to the point, you know, it's not a fun thing to think about. It's not something, you know, you're, you're just beginning and starting life uh, with the new baby, but you, you do want your house in order, but you need to decide who will take care of your children if something were to happen and how your assets will be divided should the unexpected occur. There are even some great websites that offer uh, basic tips for wills uh, and things like that. But we we highly recommend sitting down with an attorney, a professional that can help you think through this, make sure that you don't have any any gaps uh, in that document because that's a very, very important uh, piece of, of your life planning. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, good tips. Yeah, so if you're in that first year with kids, you know, hang in there. Um, you just got to get through it and just make sure you kind of focus on the basics, right? Absolutely. And, you know, for, for those that are losing sleep at night and really having a hard time uh, getting your kids to, to sleep through the night, we actually read a book called um, Every Child Should Have a Chance by Dr. Leah Denmark, and it really, really helped uh, with that process. So there's, there's an extra little tip there. There you go. Great advice. Okay, and that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with me, and we are continuing our discussion here, and um, we're going to start off this last segment here with the prescription of the week. That's right. Uh, prescription of the week is, if you shop online, use the priceblink.com app or the Honey app. Uh, to check prices on all um, many sites at once and get the best coupon codes 
for purchases. Yeah, and I would actually suggest using both of them, Gordon, because these are amazing apps that can save you big. The Price Blink app, what it does is it scans over 4,000 retailers for wow. whatever item you're shopping for. Yeah, it's amazing. Huge. And then it gives you this drop-down list of any lower prices that are available out there from any of the major retailers huh. while you're shopping. So whatever you pulled up in your on your screen... It will automatically sense that item, and it'll go shop 4,000 items, I mean, at 4,000 retailers for that very item, and give you a drop-down list. It's just amazing. You know, I, I know we're talking about the money aspect here, but I'm also thinking about the back-end networking and programming that goes into something it's like that. It's just amazing. That is unreal. How it can scan the, the – so that's what the Price Blink wow. app does. And then the Honey app, what it does is it automatically tries coupon codes – for whatever you're checking out on an online retailer with. So once you go into their checkout, the Honey app will start blinking. You check, click on it, and then it goes through and it tries like hundreds sometimes coupon codes in there. Because you've ever wondered, I yeah. mean, you know, you see the spot for a coupon code. You think, well, I could get a lower price if I had that code. Right. Well, that's what it does. It searches all of them. So it's a coupon generating type yeah, yeah. Uh, so code app. These, so you put these two together, and you would be an online shopping ninja. <laughs> you're you're married to one of those, aren't you? I am. Huh? Yeah, she's Kathy amazing. Is she comes awesome. up with these. That's exactly right. So these are ideas from her, and and these are these are great suggestions. So that's our prescription of the week: the uh, Price Blink app and the Honey app for your online shopping. All right, that leads up to our last topic here, and that is home sales and the economy. You know, we have some amazing new information out, report here out, about home sales. Um, In the U.S., they surged to the highest level in eight years. I mean, this is looking like the new economic driver for the economy. It's pretty amazing. Purchases of new home sales in the U.S., they surged last month to the highest level since the start of 2008, pointing to a robust spring selling season for builders. Um, sales rose 16.9% to over 600,000 annualized sales. Um, forecast was only 523, so it was a big increase. It exceeded forecast. The monthly increase was the biggest since 1992, wow. over 23 years, 24 years or so. And the pace was the strongest since January of 2008. So the median price of home sales jump 9.7% was an amazing jump in price to to $321,000 for new homes. Wow. I didn't realize that high. That's a big number. When you have markets like San Francisco and a couple other places like that. They kind of skew the average, don't they? (laughs) That that definitely drives that price up, that's for sure. That sounds like a big price for the average home. And the number of homes sold... not yet under construction, climbed to 209,000. That's the highest level since May of 2007. So these are just some amazing stats, an amazing report that came out on new home sales. I really think this is going to be the surprise driver of our economy going forward here in the next couple of years. Hopefully that's true. You know, the, the, the rebound in purchases of new properties combined with the stronger demand for previously owned homes signals housing uh, is being energized by healthy employment gains and by cheap borrowing costs. Um, the jump in the number of homes sold and awaiting the first shovel, you know, or those that are, you know, waiting to be built indicates that home construction will continue to add to economic growth as we move forward in the second quarter. 
Yeah, and the outlook for housing is also very strong for the remainder of the year, even with the prospect for modestly higher interest rates and and relatively modest uh, pace for economic expansion, according to the senior economist at Ameriprise Financial in Detroit. Um, There was a little bit more inventory at the upper end price points, and you may be seeing some people, you know, nudged off the fence by the prospect of higher interest rates. So this is really good news. I mean, this points to a lot of activity going on in new home sales. That's right. And and higher interest rates aren't necessarily a bad thing. Not a a little bit higher interest rates. Yeah, and I'm not talking about a a big jump, not all at once, because that could really stir the pot. It helps the savers. helps the savers. That's right, especially those, like you said, uh, and those that are in retirement. Um, Easier credit conditions means that the sustained surge in employment is finally boosting the pool of potential buyers as well uh, who can qualify for mortgages. You know, because for quite some time, uh, man, it was really, really hard for some people to qualify for mortgages. You know, we don't expect sales to rise immediately much in the short term but we do hope that the trend continues uh, to to be established around the 600,000 mark over the next few months you know for for sales exactly and some of the details here about the sales the gains in the median selling price um, reflected increased sales of homes priced at least $300,000 so it's interesting how you know it's kind of at the higher end that we're really seeing a lot of this. Sales jumped 15.8% um, in the South, and uh, purchases rebounded 18.8% in the West, and also surged in the Northeast. So that's kind of some of the details. Inventory of homes, 243,000 homes for sale in, in, in April um, this past month. That was enough to last 4.7 months. That's the shortest uh, inventory that we've had in in more than a year, so that just points to how robust the new home sales have been. And twenty five percent of the new homes sold in April were priced in the three to four hundred thousand dollar range. So, you know, a lot of them are up there and up there in price as well. That and again, it's according to what market you're talking about. Like you mentioned earlier, right? Uh, that can vary from market to market. Certainly can, although there is an interesting twist here, and that is that the low supply of existing homes is... Can um, create some challenges. It's creating some challenges, yeah. I mean, there is an unusually strong uh, housing market could be far stronger if there were only more homes for sale in the existing homes. The supply of existing homes is now very, very low. That's right, and, you know, the, the number of listings continues to drop a little bit as you know the demand outstrips the actual supply and potential sellers they're bowing out because they're not sure if they'll be able to find something else if they do sell their home hey what are we going to do you know that's kind of some of the, the, the train of thought there as well the inventory of homes for sales nationally in april uh, was 3.6 percent lower than in april of 2015 uh, according to the national association of realtors uh, and you know they they've also recently dropped uh, some new listings as well. So yeah, I mean overall, you know, I think this is great news for the economy because I mean we, if you think back to last fall, we started getting hit with earnings pretty badly in the stock market with um, oil prices. Oil prices dropped, and that caused companies to 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 lose money. About fifteen percent of the the market 
large U.S. stocks, is made up of oil-related companies. Wow. And their earnings had dropped like 73% last year. Yeah. So it just decimated the earnings for the S&P 500. Earnings, actually, it pulled the entire market down in terms of earnings growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this has the potential to turn that around. To maybe push it back. And we've already seen oil prices rebound quite a bit, um, tremendously, in fact, I mean, over the past few months. And that has helped the market substantially. But now we have this this piece of the economy that makes up about 17 or 18 percent of the of the economy is made up by home sales and home related services. Mm-hmm. And in that piece of the economy, that's a big chunk of the economy, almost a fifth is now booming. You know, it is resurging even higher than it was before the Great Recession. And we're we're seeing you know the the absolute numbers are higher than they've almost ever been. Yeah, and it affects so many different areas, like you talked about everything from you know jobs that are being produced and building, um, everything to uh, you know harvesting, getting the materials and everything together. So, it, it, so it's a far-reaching part of our economy. So, despite the naysayers and the doomsdayers out there that are talking down the market and the economy, I, I think this bodes well, and I think this kind of points toward. A resurgence in in the economy in general. And I think this is going to be a driver. It's a huge driver. It was, you know, ten years ago, um, fifteen years ago. For that whole five year stretch there, from fifteen years ago to ten years ago, we we saw uh, housing really drive the economy. And and I think we're back at that point now where housing's been depressed for so long as to start driving the economy. So it's good news. Well, hopefully, we'll continue this momentum. Exactly. Okay, well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. See you.